Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Now you, now you, pop, lock, and drop. 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 Now you, now you, pop, lock, and dr
mommy make it roll Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low With your mama gave it to your baby girl, let it show Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, lady, we can roll Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan. How the heck are we doing? What's up, Bethany Frankelheads? What are you guys up to? Hey, uh, listen, I've released a lot of podcast episodes this week. Uh, You can always tell when something's wrong when I release a lot. No, there's just a lot going on. So I released this great uh, episode yesterday Uh, with Nick Thompson and Jeremy Hartwell from Love is Blind, which I thought was just fantastic. I really implore you guys to go listen to that one. But then I'm in Arizona. I got back to Arizona with uh, mom and dad, and mom just sleeps a lot. So uh, I I was like, listen, I'd listen to that Bethany Frankel part two interview with Rachel and uh, Rocky, or (laughs) Manitza always calls her Rocky. It makes me laugh. Um, (laughs) With Rachel. And uh, I had thoughts, as I always do. And they put the transcript online. So I was like, oh, I have the transcript. I listened to it. I've got my own thoughts. And so I did a whole nother, gosh, an hour and a half talking about part two of that. So that's there for your listening pleasure or displeasure or however you consume this show. Uh, Who knows if I'll do one for part three, but uh, there's a lot. But today, right off the bat, I'm going to talk about a couple of things before we get to our guests. Remember, there is timestamps. If you want to skip right to the guest right now, I don't blame you because it's a good guest. We got Bryce Sanders from he's he's the he's the self-monikered housewives correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. And he's amazing. The guy's got style. The guy's got grace. He is just so great at his job. I geek out on him so hard. Um, So we have him back. I think this is his third time, third or fourth time. And he's just so great and lovely. And and I just get so excited talking to him. And we talked the other day. We talked right after part one had been, uh, I think it was on Wednesday when part one of Bethany's um, diatribe came out. And so we get to talk a little bit about that, but we talk about a lot of other housewives things. And this dude, I mean, he has talked with each one of these housewives, each one of these, uh, Vanderpump people, each one of these Southern charm folks, all of them, the guy is stacked in terms of he's, he's, he's experienced all of these stars. And I just think he's excellent at what he does. So we have him today for a nice little 45 minute discussion, which I loved dearly, but we're going to talk about a couple other things in the meantime. How are you guys, by the way, are you good? I hope you're good. This felt like a long week. 
Uh, but we're we're here to Friday again, and Friday it's it's balls to the walls, guys. We we got it. It's the weekend time, baby. You did it. You made it through another week on planet Earth in 2023. I remember doing this podcast back in the old pandemic, the pandemic days, and I remember saying, you know, in the middle of it, I said, "Hey, remember, no matter what y- you think." And what, what you feel about your life right now, remember, after all this is over, you can say that you potentially survived a pandemic. It's not too shabby. It's not too shabby, right? Like, you did that. You did that. You got your kids through it. You got your family through it. You got yourself through it. I mean, it's still wild to think about. Because I was thinking about where this show started from, you know, in my room over on uh, on Spalding. And... Uh, I was newly divorced, and uh, I just started doing this podcast. And I didn't think I could do it by myself. I'd come from a podcast, uh, I think a year or so earlier, that I, I had a co-host, and that was great. I mean, it, it really was and very and, – and, and sometimes you miss those days in the sense of you always had somebody else to – to lean on if you didn't feel like up to it, you know, or, you, you know, if you're like, oh, if you have somebody else funny with it, it's like so easy. And that's why I love having guests on this one. But I remember taking a lot of time and realizing, man, I really like this, but didn't have really the confidence to do it myself. And then I did do it myself. And uh, I keep trying to make myself to go back and listen to that first one or the first couple. And it's hard because you can even tell in the voice, you can tell in everything, but everybody's got to start somewhere, right? And what we have built over this last three and a, three and a half plus whatever it is exactly years, it's pretty amazing, right? It's, it, it really is. I'm telling this to myself mainly. And where we go from here, I think, is going to be amazing. And the sky's the limit, potentially. Let's all be, let's be cautiously optimistic. Um, so there will be changes to this show coming up, and I want you to be prepared. Not anything... Um, not anything groundbreaking. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the same show. You'll see. But I, I'm excited. I'm excited for new possibilities, new things like that. Uh, listen, and also, you always ask about those mashups at the beginning of the show. That one, that one I'm playing is one of my favorites. That's uh, by uh, DJ mashup artist Girl Talk. His name is Greg Gillis. And he, uh, I've been listening to him, what has it been, like 20 years now? How? I mean, it's wild. You get to a certain age and you just, you miss, there's like a decade that just disappears and you're like, holy shit. And I'm going to tell you an example of that in one second. But uh mashup, which I always consider this show a mashup because it's a mashup of everything, pop culture, reality, music, life, your life, my life, the whole thing. It's a whole mashup. That's how I think life is mashups. But also what I love about mashup songs is that it takes two amazing things, say like an 80s power ballad uh, and then a, a great rap classic, and you you put those two amazing things together and they somehow, for me at least, equal more than the sum of its parts. It makes me even happier. It reminds me of everything, of these great memories of hearing each one of those songs, but then it becomes something else that I also derive such great pleasure from. And that's what I think of as pop culture, just a mashup of all of these things, and they make you feel something, right? Like even talking about Bethany Frankel's pod, it made me feel something. That says something. 
made me feel like I was listening to a bunch of ads, but that made me feel something. And at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather uh, go through a day saying, well, I felt something today. I felt anger. I felt sadness. I felt happiness. I felt joy. I felt scared. I felt nervous. Feelings, right? Feelings are the basis of all humanity. It was, it's what makes us human and also connection. And I have connected with you guys over these last couple of years uh, and you've given me such a different life than I thought I ever could have had. And I'm so excited to see where this heads next. And I'm really nervous and scared about that as well. But also just uh, about the mashups, a lot of people ask me about that. Um, I wanted to talk about, I know a lot of people will like, you know, like Medita and Sandra, they're, you know, it's like, they're always like, oh, you know what? Don't release... Um, and they're doing this to help me. They'll be like, oh, don't, uh, maybe don't release the Bethany stuff on the main feed. Just throw it over to Patreon so more people will come to the Patreon. Well, we got a great Patreon, by the way. Hello, baddies. They're amazing. And I'm always kind of that person. Like, I never want to, um, if you want to come support, come on over to the Patreon. It's great. There's like now 400 episodes that aren't even on the main feed. We're doing a Q&A episode this weekend, so get your questions in. But my thing was like, I never wanted to be, and I still don't uh, necessarily want to be that person that's like, well, I'm going to take this really cool thing that people are talking about it and hide it behind some sort of paywall. Um, I do like to make money and I want to make money and money is great, right? It helps everything. But I want that to be available sometimes to everybody. I, I still question a lot of things that I do, as you can tell, every day. Um, but uh, yeah, those, those, that's why I put it on the main feed. And I know there's a lot of episodes, but something felt disingenuous to just put that on the Patreon. Um, but I do put a lot of things that, oh, I, I don't know, maybe I'll just put part three on the Patreon. Who knows? We're all just coming. Anyways, what I was going to say, though, is that those mashups, uh, I started making mashup playlists and those will be over on the Patreon in a couple of weeks because so many people have asked me about that. So if that is something that if you are looking for a good old bop mix, those will be over there instead of on the show. And I think that will be fun for everybody. And uh, because there's so much great music out there. In fact, I, this, is, this is what I want to talk about. Ten years just disappearing. So the other night I got to go see a musical artist that I have grown up with that I've loved since I was in God, high school, maybe. And it, it, he started off in this band called Ben Folds five. His name is Ben Folds and Ben Folds five. You know, it was a three piece band, but they called it Ben Folds five because Ben Folds five sounded better than Ben Folds three. That was the big joke. And, uh, they would, they would really do these small gigs at first, but they would jam a like grand piano into each gig. And that became like, how do we get this grand piano? And, and then they would do kind of like, it was very musical. It was very Gershwin, but it had like this really punk aesthetic at the same time. He was banging on this piano, talking about, uh, talking about middle school rage and all, you know, just really, really, uh, I don't know. He reminded me a lot of what a lot of people will talk about in the 70s, talking about early Randy Newman, if that makes sense to any of you guys out there. Randy Newman ended up writing a bunch of amazing show uh, songs for like Toy Story and Disney, but he started off in writing kind of really amazing, humorous songs. Uh, one of those being like, I love L.A. I love L.A. You know, the, but it was like this acerbic wit on it. If you really listen to, and I went back and listened to Randy Newman once I got into Ben Folds, but Ben Folds kind of was like Randy Newman for a certain generation. 
So Ben Folds 5 kind of came and went, and then he started his solo career, Ben Folds. And he had this album, his first solo album called Rock in the Suburbs, which was so fun. Rock in the Suburbs, just like Michael Jackson did. And he's banging this on piano. But me and my friends, uh, all my ASU bros, we loved him. We loved him. I remember going to see him at the El Rey Theater on Wilshire Boulevard, where I also saw Countess Luann perform just last year. And he would just, he was doing like a solo tour with just him and the piano, but he made it so much more. Like he was like plucking the bass strings in the actual piano. He made it like a scene. It was so fucking fun. And I was just like, I'll follow this guy forever. And that's important. Just like some of you guys, you're so supportive of me. You're like, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll do whatever, I'll listen to whatever you do. I'll sign up for whatever you want. You know, like that's, you realize that kind of fandom, that kind of, uh, I don't even call it fandom for me, but, um, that kind of support really, really helps. Um, but it is interesting to be fans of, of a, a certain person or a certain band or a certain show for decades. Because then you you go through all the solo albums. You go through when he tra- he got back with Ben Folds 5 for one album. And you, you see all the swings and the misses. And you hope. It, it's like what I would imagine if I was into sports rooting for your favorite team or your favorite player. Is that you root for these people. And you want everybody to see what you see. You want them to feel the joy that you feel or the sadness that you feel. Because I do love to get bummed out and listen to certain Ben Fold songs. You know, there's a certain artist that like take you through breakups, take you through marriages. If you have kids, potentially take you through kids. And he's always been one of those for me. And he had this, uh, he has this new album that just came out like a month ago. Uh, it's called What Matters Most. And I listened to it and I was like, oh, it didn't like hit me. You know, I was like, oh, but I had gotten two tickets to go see him a long time ago, like long time ago, just on the chance. And then I was like, well, maybe I'm not going to make this show due to things. And and then I was like, well, nobody even really is, seems to be listening to this album. You, you realize the things that you actually meant something to you have kind of fallen by the wayside for others, you know? And it's a very interesting feeling. And I'm sure you guys have felt that about certain things that you've liked over the years. And sometimes, you know, your love, which I do very much love the Beyonce's and the Taylor's um, can always, you know, it's so amazing. But then you're like, what about all these other artists that have been so amazing? Um, And I got to go see it. I got to go see him last night. And I was really kind of like, oh, God, because I was nervous for him in the sense that i mean he's not nervous playing or anything the guy's a pro the guy's a fucking musical genius but i was like oh man is anybody gonna show up to this show is anybody gonna even be there and it didn't look like a big crowd when i like walked in i was like oh it doesn't even look like anybody's here and then i got in and it was full but the funny thing was it was full but everybody was sitting down all of a sudden there were seats lined up and I was like, I'd seen him in the same musical venue like 15 years prior. No seats. Everybody's like standing up, bopping around. And I'm like, man, we're getting older. There's seats now. But I'm like, at least it's full. At least it's full. But I was like, I had this sense of, of, of dread almost. <laughs> and thankfully that was taken away when he came to the stage. And he had this amazing new band with him with a cello and I mean, just truly an incredible band. And he just won me over. It, it, it made my heart sing by the end. And it was so, uh, it was so great. And the album, the new album I was talking about that didn't really 
hit me at first hearing him talk about it. It made sense. It moved me. I listened to the songs from a different light. And sometimes I think that's interesting too. If you get to hear somebody explain why they did something, I mean, even you could say, if we're going to compare it to Rachel, like why they did something, which we still haven't necessarily heard the full answer because Bethany's jamming other things down uh, the story. But um, it makes you appreciate things when you hear somebody explain where they, how they came to this. And then he started playing some older songs that I loved. And I just, uh, it was nice. And then I like teared up halfway through because I was thinking about some family stuff. But it was like, that's great too. Because that's like, yeah, it's the soundtrack to our lives, right? But it is the weirdest feeling to watch somebody that you've grown up with and appreciated their talent and been such a fan of. And then, like I always say, you start taking stock of your own life and where you're at. And this year, for all the amazing things that have happened, it has been such a question mark because I don't know the future and I don't know where we go from here. And uh, that's okay. That's okay. Everybody, I've heard people tell me stories like this all the time. That's okay. But it is interesting. And I feel like I've been in this kind of state of suspended animation for a long time now. And that's okay. But it's just interesting. And I've been thinking about it nonstop since I saw that show, which did make me feel so good in the end, even though I was so worried going into it. But it's great, right? It's great. It's great to love something. It's great to love something. It's great to learn something new. It's great to laugh about something. It's great to be in a group of people in a room full of people sharing an experience. And I think that's where we are with pop culture sometimes. Even with that Bethany podcast, well, we were all listening to it, right? I hope she's got whatever glory she needed to get from it. I'm talking about Bethany, not Rachel. I, I mean, I really do. I don't, I genuinely feel for Rachel in a lot of ways um, because she still seems sort of lost. And how could you not be? But I just still don't think this was the move for so many reasons. And I worry that even though Bethany will shout you down if you say otherwise, that I don't think this was the move, that I don't think this is really fully, we're still not fully hearing her story. But regardless, it's something that we can all share together. I've just I've had disagreements with people over this. That's great. Everybody's thinking differently. Okay, cool. Cool. Um. So I wanted to talk about that because I just thought that was such an interesting experience that I wanted to share with you. And I hope you I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I think some of you totally know what I'm saying. Um, OK, so there was that. And then, of course, Sam Ashkari uh, and Britney Spears have announced that they are uh, separating. And Sam, which I'll probably talk a little bit more on Monday if we do Monday show, is uh, he released a statement. Uh, pretty much a, an Instagram story glorified notes app statement where he did misspell ridiculous, uh, but that's fine. He's uh, I think, you know, he's learned this, you know, whatever, but he basically just said shit happens and you're right, Sam shit does happen. You know, fun fact though, Sam has worked a lot with Randall Emmett over the last couple of years. He actually was in this Mel Gibson movie that Randall Emmett produced. And you're like, Mel Gibson. Wow. That must be a big movie. No, no, it wasn't. 
you know, King of the Geezer teasers. Randall Emmett, you know, will take these uh, movie stars of yesteryear and pay them a decent salary enough to do this movie that will disappear and kind of make money overseas and on like certain like streaming platforms, but never get released into one theater. So I think that's interesting, that Sam Oshkari, Randall Emmett connection. Who knows? A lot of stuff will come out about that. But also, uh, you know, Brittany... It's just, Brittany, you just want the best for her, right? You just want the best for her. And obviously, that's why I always thought, I've said this so many times over the years of like celebrities used to be aspirational. Or maybe when we were younger, we thought that. But the reality of that is that they're not aspirational in any sort of way. Because we see what this kind of attention will do to somebody. I mean, I hate to keep bringing up Rachel, but you see that kind of attention. When you do something wrong, the world will let you know it. And so it's very interesting to see this and your heart breaks for Britney because it feels like another dent in a very, very fragile ego already. But also that there was rumors going around that he was uh, threatening to leak personal damaging information about Britney if the prenup was not renegotiated because you know she had an ironclad prenup. And that bums me out. That kind of shit bums me out. And we're st- I'm being told that that's not true, but it's like TMZ telling me. So you never, never know. I could see a world in which he does want to get paid. And I think we can all see a world in which he wants to get paid. So I thought that was another, we'll find out more information over the weekend. The other thing I thought was, I was watching and just like that, the most recent episode. So I guess it's a two part episode. It's the final episode of the season, but it's two parts. So next part airs this next Wednesday night at midnight. But I will say a couple of things that stood out for me and just like that is that it's like so close to like almost fully working as a show. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gotten over so many hurdles from the first season that you cannot even in any world. You're like, okay, it does have some of that same magic. It's there. It's almost there. Miranda's hair is getting more vibrant. My God, it's almost, you know what? There's, there's, there's elements, but there are certain elements that you're just like, like I almost found myself really emotional about Mario Cantone's uh, scenes with, with, with his, his new lover trying to convince Mario to become a bottom all of a sudden. And then Mario very proudly got to have a little ass shot walk away where he showed his bare ass. And you know, you're like, Oh, Mario Cantone, like really trained for this. Probably it's like a really proud moment. So you were rooting for the actor, not the character, but you were rooting for Mario Cantone. You're like, nice ass shot, buddy. You did it. But I will say there are certain ridiculous elements to it. Just like that. They made, They made Mario Cantone's husband, who unfortunately the actor passed away last year, who seemed like just a lovely man. Uh, He passed away from cancer. And in the story, they didn't know how to write him out. So they said he just left his husband, Mario Cantone. But last night they had this scene between Sarah Jessica Parker and Mario Cantone that said, hey, you know, your ex reached out to me. He is now a Shinto monk in Japan. And read read this letter, and they showed the picture of 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 him in his Shinto monk robe. And I will tell you, even with all the artificial intelligence, even how advanced we are te- technology wise, we still love in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three have not found a way to make photos and movies and TV realistic at all. I was watching What Lies Beneath the other day. Like, remember that movie from like 2000, was it 2002, Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer directed by Robert Zemeckis? 
And they had these photos of Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford, like newly married or like their younger days. And it looked completely ridiculous. And I'm like, this is Robert Zemeckis. He did Back to the Future. He fucking did Castaway. This guy can move mountains like with, with special effects. And he can't even make a realistic photo with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer in it looking like they got married when they were younger. And then I was looking at this guy in his Shinto monk robe. And it was still like, you're like, ah, it's still just, it's not right. It just doesn't look right. They've never, they, we have, we, we will never be as advanced to have realistic photos in movies and TV of people when they are younger. It's always going to look weird. So that was kind of the a moment that stuck out to me. But the other one is Che Diaz. They, Che Diaz is, you know, they, they had a tough season. They went to Hollywood Tony Danza, Che Diaz's father in the pilot sitcom based on their life. It it did not go. It didn't work. So then Che has to go back to New York and take their old job working at this like uh, this vet's office, I think. And there are a couple scenes with Che Diaz. So Che Diaz is going to do like a stand up, a little stand up pop in in Brooklyn. And so they're inviting people and Carrie's going to go with Aiden and, uh, and then Miranda who used to date Chase says, you know what? I I don't want to be mean with my exes. I want to have relationships with them now. So I'm going to go and support. So leading up to this, Che is really just like down in the dumps, trying to find out what makes them funny again. And it is, we see this scene, Che Diaz in their apartment watching clips and they start with watching like who Che Diaz is now, like really cutting edge comedy, like non-binary, like all of the, you know, and, and, and Che is with the beard just laughing, like, ha watching themselves and going, damn, this person's funny. And then Che Diaz looks at a video of old Che Diaz when they were a she and I, I don't, I forgot her name. Was it like Cheyenne or something? I don't, but it was basically, so the, the, you know, comes out, has long hair and starts doing the worst bullshit stand up of like, Hey, I was on a date with a guy the other night. Why can't women eat on dates? They're having like a steak and potato. And I'm like eating a salad. What's up with that? It was the funniest, worst thing that I've ever seen. And now, though, it makes me want to want to know more of Che Diaz's origin story. Like, when was that moment that Che Diaz was like, I am now Che Diaz, and then found their comedy? They still have not been able to, in two seasons, make Che Diaz funny when Che Diaz does stand-up. Have you noticed that? Like, I'm not even talking about Che Diaz, the character, or in the scenes with Miranda. I'm talking about purely when Che Diaz is on stage doing stand-up comedy. Has there ever been a moment in the two seasons of Che Diaz that you have laughed at one of Che Diaz's jokes on stage? And I find that truly interesting of like, man, this character, you really, it would be so much more realistic if you, if Che Diaz actually had a style of comedy that was perceived to be funny on this actual show, instead of people just saying that Che Diaz is super funny in the universe of the show. Does that make sense? I'm really overthinking and just like that. And by the way, next week, you guys, is when Carrie gets the call from Samantha, who is played by Kim Cattrall. Of course, we talked about the movie Mannequin on Monday, my love of that movie. But this is the scene where Kim Cattrall said, yeah, I'll do a phone call, 
uh, in the show, but I won't talk to Sarah Jessica Parker in real life doing it. So I will record my lines at a separate studio away from any of these fuckers. And Sarah Jessica Parker had to act, you know, just with a phone with no Kim Cattrall. And so that's next week, which is exciting, but it kind of takes you out of the moment, this moment that we've all been waiting for with Carrie and Samantha. And then you're just all the whole time going to be thinking that like, God, Samantha fucking hates Carrie's guts. I mean, like Kim Cattrall hates Sarah Jessica Parker's guts. And it makes me feel sad because you're like, it's like, it's like those bands when bands break up and you're like, why can't you just get back together? Why can't Fleetwood Mac and just, why can't Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks be okay? Like you, you, you like, why, why can't Oasis get back? Why are those two brothers fighting an Oasis all the time? Why can't they get back together and sing the hits? So that comes up next week. So there's always something to look look out for. My mom always says there's always something to be thankful for. And I will say that you can just relate that directly to pop culture. If you do not have anything to do, uh, be thankful for in your real life. How about that? Okay. Okay. So let's get into it. (laughs) 31 minutes in per use. Uh, if you like this show and why would you not leave it five stars on Apple podcasts and Spotify? And I'm telling you subscribe now, folks, this show be a changing. So subscribe now. Okay. And uh, Bryce Sander, I mean, what can you say about this dude? This dude, like I said, is one of my, uh, I think I'm older than him, but he's one of my heroes. Like, I think he is just so good at what he does. And I have such a, I hold Entertainment Tonight in such esteem. I just think it is one of the places that I've always gotten entertainment news since I was a little kid. And do you remember the people that have been listening for a while when I had John Teshon, one of the original hosts of entertainment tonight, I had him on a couple of years ago and that was like a dream come true. Like I read John Tesh's book just to interview him. And I was like, damn, I need to interview everybody from entertainment tonight. Mary Hart, Bob Goen, all the, all the greats. But anyways, Bryce Sander, his Instagram is at Bryce Sander and you can watch all of his fabulous entertainment tonight interviews there, but we dip in everything. This is such a great conversation. He is such a great dude. So without further ado, enjoy this and you guys enjoy your weekend. What do we always tell you? Eat something good, drink something great, dance like no one's watching or dance with somebody, hug somebody, call a friend, spend some time by yourself, go hiking if you want, or check in with your body. Not in a weird way, but just say, Hey, do you still move in the way that I'd like you to move? Listen to your favorite song, watch your favorite movie. There's a lot for a weekend, but you could potentially fit it all in or just completely lays out and then meet me back here on Monday. I think Monday. And then, uh, if you want more, go on, go on over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. Here he is the one and only bro. You guys, we have a real treat today. Uh, I love it every time he comes on. Uh, I think what he does is truly such a service to us. You guys already know I have such a huge passion and love for entertainment tonight as an institution in pop culture. Uh, I grew up with it in Olathe, Kansas, and I would rush home and watch it every night. And I was so excited. He is the official Housewives correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. You can go on his Instagram at Bryce Sander and you can look at just a cornucopia of everybody that you would ever want to hear from in the Bravo universe, but he has talked to everybody. I'm telling you, look at all of these interviews. He does the best jobs at just getting the perfect question at the perfect time. And I always look forward to anything that he does. So welcome back to the show, Bryce Sander. Thank you so much for being here, dude. Thank you for having me. Wow. I don't know that what I've done has ever been called a service, but I will take it. Damn well, it's a service. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, like, listen, 
who would have thought 15 years ago or 20 years ago that this would actually, this whole genre would exist, that we would all be so fascinated by these women and by these shows that Bravo has put forth. And you get to be at the forefront of breaking some of this news, talking to these people that we want to hear from. That is a huge service. Again, I will take it. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, so listen, we're going to get into the breaking news of today about Bethany's interview with Rachel Levis. But I I did, I was just thinking of, like I was looking at a bunch of your interviews. Is there ever a world in which we could get an hour long sit down with Bryce and some of these housewives? Would you ever want that? Could we ever do an Entertainment Tonight produced podcast? Um. Uh... I will say a lot of the interviews are like 30 minutes hour long and then they get cut down. So those, I mean, so yes, to answer your question, that is possible. Um, a podcast. Sure. Maybe I, ET isn't quite in the podcasting space just yet. <laughs> yes. Um, we've, we've done one for the last of us. Um, and I believe you can listen to the broadcast every day as a showcast. Um, if you so care to, like if you don't, if you're not, watching on yeah. tv you can listen as a podcast but yeah i mean i don't i think it would make sense that these interviews could then go live as a podcast as well and you get both the video and the audio choose your own adventure um and i think the podcast space would be a cool way to put the extra stuff in that gets trimmed for time on the videos but yeah, that's that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah, by the way, like, <laughs> let's do the contract right now. Let's get Bethany involved. We're going to work <laughs> this out right now. No, I mean, because you're doing these interviews and if they are 30 minutes, are you throughout the interview, uh, those little alarms going off of that's a clip we can pull. That's going to be that's perfect. That that hit exactly what I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I have like short answer. Yes, I've been doing it long enough that I in the moment know, oh, like there's your headline or there's the thing that people are going to really react to. But then you also go into the interview with your questions of having an idea that like this might be the question that people like it resonates with people. Um, but yeah, like I did, I did an interview this morning with Uba from New York Housewives and she had a quote that I was like, oh. That is the thing people will take away from this. <laughs> well, but you sat down with all like uh, the Real Housewives of New York ladies. You had all of them pretty much. And now you're getting to have certain one, like, I guess, one-on-ones. But what were your thoughts of the Roni ladies when you first met them? Yeah, so I did Aaron, Jessel, and Bryn all together. And then I'm going to work my way through Uba, Sai, and uh, Jenna, hopefully. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I'm really enjoying the show. I think they really tapped into a group of women that it feels like a different show, but it's still like New York is still the seventh housewife, which I appreciate. Um, I enjoyed them. I think Bryn's a breakout star. I think Aaron's like the central nucleus to this group. And Jessel to me is like the greatest surprise as the episodes (laughs) keep going. I'm like, because I, she was, she, well, she is a fashion publicist. So she's very much concerned with the image of her clients and protecting an image sort of thing. So I didn't know fully what to expect from her. And she was the most reserved in the interview. And then to see like just kind of how wacky she is on the show and the things that come out of her mouth. I'm like, Oh, you were really meant to be a housewife. 
But isn't that cool that I think Housewives fans, especially, you know, it's like not just like who plays well overall, but like the Jessel is almost now being celebrated by the fandom for saying these like kind of bold, audacious things that she is potentially not thinking about in the moment. But Housewives fans are like, yes, girl, yes. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, they filmed this, what, nine months ago, 10 months ago. And so the women had one reaction. The fans are having a very different reaction. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, this is why these shows are fascinating. Yes. I kept thinking about that. And you have like a front seat to that. As I was trying to explain to my audience as we, we will only get this first season with the Roni ladies once. Because now they have the experience of like sitting down with Entertainment Tonight. They have the experience of going to this next BravoCon. They have the experience of reading all of our reactions. And that changes these housewives, as you see, or Vanderpump Rules cast members it changes them yes when they watch themselves on the show they obviously they go and change their entire appearance though i think the new york <laughs> ladies are like pretty set like i don't think any of them need to make not that anyone needs to make a tweak but i don't think they will be making any tweaks um but yeah i think the fan commentary then can scare people in their second season or embolden them in their second yeah. season and the dynamics change um, especially when they get a read on like, who's the fan favorite, who's the standout and kind of the, maybe the dynamics that don't stand up within their friendship circle, but are the dynamics of the characters they're portrayed as on television. Um, yeah, it totally changes the game. And then if they choose to insert more people into it, that also changes it. Yeah, because we live in a world now where the second season, they could pull a clip from your interview with Uba and she says something potentially upsetting to one of these ladies. And then we will get now an episode revolving around like podcast interviews or television interviews. And I think that's so interesting. But that's why I like this first season is that none of that is at play. So you get to see actual dynamics. Yeah, the fourth wall has slowly been chipped away at that they now reference their fame and the fact that they get talked about. I just got eyes on the Salt Lake city premiere and there's a whole thing about <laughs> that in the season four premiere. Um, so yeah, it, it, though, that's also, I appreciate that Bravo is letting that now be part of the conversation. Cause I do think there was a disservice for a long time in ignoring the publicity yeah. machine that comes along with these shows. New York though, was always the one that like they talked about page six from day one because Page six isn't was it it was not what it is now where it's like the housewives gossip machine day in, day out. <laughs> it was like just following these socialites who were the women of season, you know, one through four of that show. Yeah, no, you're you're dead on. Um, speaking of like, uh, I saw the premiere of Southern Charm, which I saw, I'm sure you did, which comes out in a couple weeks. And I just got in the mail, the Salt Lake one, but I didn't get to watch it because of this whole Bethany Frankel thing. But as a newsman, how do you approach this job day to day? Of Like you get this in your box. Do you watch it immediately? Do you sit there and like kind of go, okay, what would the audience want to hear? What do I need for my job? How do you piece together? And how do your personal feelings interject into all of this? Yeah, um, when I... When it's the premiere episode, I usually watch it a couple times. Like I'll watch it if I have time on the day I get it. And then I'll watch it again whenever we've set up an interview. Um, just so that I have like what is in that episode most top of mind. Um, because usually first interviews are tied to the premiere. And so you want to answer a question that maybe the premiere set up sort of thing. Um, and then week to week, like I, I tend not to watch the screeners unless I have an interview set up. Otherwise, I kind of let myself enjoy the show as a fan and watch it like 
yeah. on television and on my DVR. Um, personal feelings being in this job, I'm there's I'm able to compartmentalize of like how I might feel, and then I try to I give everyone grace of like no one is coming on these shows to make themselves look bad, and so you have to try and see every time you're talking to somebody from their perspective and give them a chance to explain themselves for those moments that don't necessarily make sense. So yeah, I it's, I've been in it so long. It's hard to know how I would function if I was having a lot of personal opinions and thoughts about it, because I truly just kind of let it wash over me. Yeah, that's, that's probably smart. Um, coming off of this season of Vanderpump Rules and Scandal, we are now at an all-time high, and today is a perfect reminder of that, of the passion and the intensity of the fandom right now and how that is now washing over the cast and Bravo as a whole. Do you ever, or like, what's it like pitching to entertainment tonight? Like, Do you want to get involved in the reality reckoning mess do you want to have that sit down with bethany to to like let's get these points across is this something that you know you want to to get some sort of interview to to for the entertainment tonight viewers um well we did an interview i didn't do it but kevin frazier our host did an interview with bethany when this all kind of started where she explained all her points yeah. and then in the people i've spoken to not everybody but people who have been in the game for a while i'm asking their thoughts on it I think we need to get to a place where something's actually happening to then have a different conversation. So a lot of people have called the letter that went out a lawsuit. There is no lawsuit, at least not yet. That letter was likely a warning shot that litigation is to come because it was essentially like, do not destroy any evidence that may, not even evidence because it's yeah. not a criminal case, but don't destroy anything that might be necessary for the discovery of a case on these topics. I do think the unionization of reality stars is admirable. I doubt it will ever happen. There are a lot of hurdles to get there because reality television is at its base level definition, a version of documentary. I know there, there can be a lot of conversation in, in the like weeds there, but like on paper, take it down to the base level they're called docu shows, docu soaps. So you can't unionize documentary subjects. Unions also typically have a structure where you do X amount of jobs to then be eligible to join the union before yeah. you can't do any more jobs without being a member of the union. I don't know how you would swing that kind of structure in reality TV because no one's going to get to do film three episodes and then be like, now I'm joining the union because it's also <laughs> like those shows are not going to air for months. There's yeah. a lot of moving factors to me. Again, I think it's admirable. I think Bethany should have just like launched a boutique talent agency or a boutique law firm and helped people with their contracts. That would probably be the most actionable way and a structure that would work for her and then also keep her in the conversation. Um, but I just which, don't, which seems to be a key element is keeping her in the conversation. Like it, it, for, from a fan, it looks like she wants to be really at the forefront of this conversation, but I'm still a little confused. And I think a lot of us are of what the actual conversation is, is, are we talking mental health? Are we talking unionization to get more residuals? Like, is it a mixture of everything? But then you put this R Rachel interview out, which by the way, Anthony Dominic from entertainment tonight just broke that, 
Uh, Bethany did not pay Rachel for these three-part interview, which was another interesting wrinkle because I was like, oh my God, there's no way she's not getting paid for this because Bethany's trying to prove a point. But it turns out she did not get paid. It's interesting. Yeah, I would say most people don't pay for interviews. Um, like E.T. doesn't pay. Bethany's never paid anybody from an interview. So I wasn't surprised to hear that. But it is interesting because obviously Bethany is going to profit off of the success of that podcast. Her, that episode. her story, Rachel's story. Yeah. But maybe there's been private promises on the back end of as they enter whatever this fight turns into. Because while Rachel hasn't come out and outright said she's joined Bethany's reality reckoning, all signs point to like they are working closely yeah. together on this. I would be interested to know who's actually signing themselves onto it because I highly doubt anybody actively under contract or filming a show is going to touch go anywhere near that. Yeah, I mean, that's actually like with any job, you're not allowed to speak about your employer. Well, you know, and by the way, Paige DeSorbo was tagged in this initially. She removed the tag and said she did not have a conversation with Bethany Frankel. So I think there's, I think it's a very interesting conversation to have. I just sometimes feel like it's scorched earth with Bethany instead of what is the succinct points we're talking about? Are we talking about streaming? Are we talking about mental health? And the point with Rachel while I was listening to the interview was just that you weren't encouraged to have this seven month affair that you kept hidden from everybody by the cameras but once it did get revealed it was fodder for the camera which is what you sign up for in these docu soaps so it's just a really interesting conversation right and i do think bethany kind of explained page six reported that she had been actively attempting to sell a show to bravo and then she did a podcast explaining it but i do think even after listening to her side of the story it doesn't seem to work in her like into the favor of whatever she's going to be pursuing because if there if the treatment of talent is so despicable or whatever the words they have been yeah. used in the legal letters why would you want to get back into bed with any of these people not even 5 months ago so i i think we're in a we're in a space where there's a lot of talk yeah 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 and not a lot of action or like even actionable items but it, at the end of the day, is it just going to turn out to look like a bunch of disgruntled, fired, slash people who left of their own volition and now have like retroactive feelings to their experience? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to watch. I talked to Candy Burris about it. She said, oh, yeah, because you, you could, by the way, you got to watch this interview. It's on his Instagram, the clip, one of the clips of it. But she, you were talking about the Nini interview from Carlos King, right? Yes. Yeah. So we talked about that. She responded to the suggestion she owes the fans a Phaedra sit down. She says she does not. Um, and like, and very, very directly says she does not. But she, her point of view was sure, unionization, residuals, back end would be nice. But if you have a problem with how the show is made, your how your job is going, talk to your boss in the moment. Don't stifle your feelings and then come when you're no longer getting a check and expect there to be resolution on that. And I think that's the perspective of a lot of people who are actively employed on these shows. I think that's such an interesting point about like potentially revisiting how you felt about a situation in your life, which we all do, whether it be our own personal relationships or jobs, we do have different perspectives when we leave or we might've felt taken advantage of, but it is interesting that a lot of these stories are happening after the fact and not during, and these issues aren't being brought up because Bethany came back to the housewives, successfully came back to the housewives. 
Yes, which she's <laughs> discussed many times <laughs> that she's come back and left and the ratings and <laughs> yes. all the points she makes. She's amazing. Yes. Um, it's interesting. Um, yeah. But now we are in this kind of weird uh, litmus space with interviews like the Carlos King one with Nini and Bethany with Rachel. And I think that's why it was so interesting to hear Candy speak on this very intelligently. Somebody that's actually in the cast and somebody that has used the show to do a lot of good in her own personal businesses, but also she would be doing her own personal businesses without the show. It seems like a perfect marriage that Candy has been able to accept. Yes. And I do something, a question I would have for Bethany is, aren't you the exception that proves the rule, not the rule? Because her success is like one in a million. There's never going to be anybody else who can rep what she to do yeah. with the platform. People will be able to do a version of it. But no one's going to be able to do it the way she did. So is your experience really then like copy and paste applicable to all the people you say you want to help? I don't know that it is. Yeah, <laughs> one of her recommendations to everybody is just start a liquor brand and then that will write that into the contract. <laughs> By the way, I mean, like, listen, Kyle Cook has been on Summer House successfully pushing Loverboy every season. And I think to great effect now, not to the great effect yet of Bethany because he has not sold that yet, but it is such a great, and I think he would tell you it is such a great marketing tool for these products that you want. If you have a real product. Yes, he says that TV is their number one uh, marketing arm yeah. of that brand which has become pretty ubiquitous it is in like every liquor store in the country now so and i i'm not sure he has the like bethany clause carve out i haven't i don't know personally i haven't seen his contract <laughs> but I, I i do think there is a mutually beneficial thing of you're on this network it has given you a great platform and you use it to the full advantage there can be like a symbiotic sharing it does not have to be you know, us versus them. I thought it was interesting. Rachel's comments with Bethany being like, the network's laughing all the way to bank. I haven't seen a dime. But it's like, but you were surely paid your salary for the season. Not to say that maybe there should be compensation bumps for providing incredible content that results in even bigger ratings or something. But I, you were compensated. You have seen money. You were paid for what you filmed. Yeah, TMZ reported that she earned three hundred fifty thousand dollars for season ten. I don't know, but I, that's a. I don't know if I, that's true or I not. I highly doubt that's an accurate figure. I don't know for sure, but that, if anything, I would assume that would be the money she was making on like a three year contract. Of which point, I don't know what where she would have been in that. I, but I highly doubt that was what she made for the it, one season of the show. It seemed really high for knowing some of the reality show um, contracts and, and pay scales. That seemed really high. But I was like, uh, maybe this is with Instagram influencer things worked in, baked into it. I couldn't tell, but it, it seemed a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would I would take that number with a grain of salt. I do think in the grand scheme of things, she was po probably paid well compared to like a school teacher in the middle of the country. Like, yeah. A, rel a relative salary is she was probably still well, making a decent amount of money. If football players, I, I don't watch sports, but I hear if they make the Super Bowl, <laughs> they get paid. Uh, they get they get a bump for hitting the Super Bowl. You know, like who knows right. what these contract negotiations would have been in season 11, season 12. And, you know, I know Tom wasn't in his contract supposedly. So he 
probably had to renegotiate for season 11. So I would be interested in those. But yeah, I mean, there are probably would be performance-based bumps when you have this big of a scandal. But I don't know. Like when you're in a contract, people aren't just giving money away, these corporations. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they do like essentially performance um based uh, good job jacks good, good job jacks yeah but may, and but maybe that's part of the conversation that bethany and her lawyer should be having of like should there be language in these contracts for if there is totally unpredictable events that then result in a wild increase in ratings a wild increase in interest yeah. in the show Maybe there's a conversation there. I do think that there is language of around like being paid for additional episodes. Like you're, you, I believe you are paid per episode. So if they order an, another one or cut another one, you would get an extra check, but. Or the super size when it hits to Peacock, when they, I mean, they were adding things with Vanderpump towards the end that I don't think Bravo could have ever planned for, but they rode that wave like you would, if you have a good product, I think you ride that wave. Um, I'm just very interested reality stars in general are a very unique lot because there's this argument of they don't know what they're getting themselves into, but they desperately want to get themselves into it. Like Rachel even says in this interview, I want, you know, like even from a young kid, she wanted to feel special. That's why she changed her name to Raquel. We all want love and we all want acceptance, but these reality stars, there's an argument to be had, but at the same time, it's not holding that much weight anymore that they don't know what they're getting into when all we do is have examples of what they're getting into. And you interviewed Real Housewives of Orange County. I was thinking about, you had a funny clip with Gina about seeing Shannon Bedore's butthole, which is amazing. <laughs> what a great soundbite. But I was thinking about Shannon Bedore these last couple of episodes, like you can't talk about my relationship with John Jansen and trying to tear the mic off. And I just think it's this interesting thing of, they're aware of what the show is, but still in the heat of the moment, the shows are still too much sometimes, it seems, for these housewives. Yeah, I think if you are not willing to expose at all, do not go on these shows. Do not think you can go on, project a persona and a version of your life you want people to see. Like, because that's the camera is going to catch you. The producers are then going to look for things that are not those things. Uh, and I did think it was interesting of Rachel and I, it's, it's a unique experience. There are, it's a double-edged sword, but she was kind of speaking out of both sides of her mouth of like, I didn't know what I was getting into, but then you've been on the, been around this group for what, like five years, you've been on the show three, four seasons and you producers had told you like, if you really bring it, this could be your year. So you kind of were aware of what you were getting yourself into that. Yeah. I mean, and all of these people, like, you know, you do want to do a good job in anything that you do. So, I mean, you know, Rachel especially was like, yeah, I went on a bunch of dates on cameras, but that didn't mean she was having this seven month affair for bring really bringing it to the show because they both chose to hide it from the show. It's like two different things. Right. And that's the thing of like, if you're just, if you just show it all, then, then you can attempt to control whatever you can control once it's all out there. Because the watching last season of Vanderpump was interesting as this hit. And then like the girls are on that Vegas trip. And had we not had the information of where things were in real time, you probably would have viewed that as yeah. like, oh, they were a little mean girly to her. They were excluding her the way this is cut together. Uh, but then we we went into it having the knowledge of March 1st, 2023. And we're like, oh, she knows. Because, you know. We're projecting yeah. all the feelings we have on her into that moment. 
it's a really interesting way to watch a show when you get new information in the midst of a show uh, running. Um, so with like Orange County, you got Orange County, New York, Atlanta on right now. All of these other things, like I think OC, I'm loving it this season, not expecting to love it, and I'm loving it. But it's interesting in the wake of Scandal how us, the viewers, are approaching these shows. And we almost need these huge moments. Like I think almost Roni is the anti-Scandal we were actually like leaning in and listening to these ladies stories, which at its best, they champion these women's stories. But do we expect now too much from these shows as an audience member to the point where it will overall be detrimental in the end? I do think we all need to like pull back <laughs> and pare our expectations down to like petty drama. Cause we, it's like the pendulum swings so far into like criminal indictment territory <laughs> and prison sentences and victim settlements and all these extreme things that happen in people's lives that are not everyday occurrences are not things that you can just like easily rep others and go and like pull back to the earlier years of when the housewives really found its footing when OC was in like season five and New York was in season, you know, two, three where everyday drama is okay. I talked to last season for New Jersey to Melissa Gorga about this because I think a commentary that comes a lot for her is like, what's your storyline? What is your life? Um, and even Teresa's, namaste bitches now viral <laughs> tiktok sound of i went to prison on the show and like listing all of these wild life events that have happened to her melissa's point of view was why do we want people's lives to be falling apart can't people have like a decent life and also be good or fun tv and i think that is the way we all need to go back into these shows. And I do think the network is kind of course correcting all of them into that way of we had gotten into this place where it was big swing, big swing, big drama, one big drama. And we need a lot of little fires everywhere instead of one huge one. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're dead on right. I mean, you go from the Erica Jane season to the Jen Shaw season to like all of these big things, which by the way, Salt Lake, which like you said, premieres in a couple of weeks and you'll start interviewing these ladies. I mean, do we even touch I know you don't need to say it in the episode, but will we ask these ladies about Jen Shaw? Like, do I mean how how do we move on from something that is so big and get back to okay, we've been haunted for these last three years, but let's just start anew. This is hard to answer because there's a lot in the premiere, and there's I think the threat of Jen Shaw is gonna still be something throughout yeah. this season. I don't know for how long. But there's a very interesting development Dynamics, yeah. in dynamic and one person has an interesting point of view on everything. So, well, I predict that person is probably going to be Heather Gay because she swung so wildly one way and it'll be interesting to see it, who is. It's not Heather Gay. Oh, wow. I was wondering if she was going to be the one of I stood by her, but now it's done. I thought that might be the case. That might be the case, but that. What I'm talking about is. Wow. See, this, is good. <laughs> this is exactly what we need to like amp up the excitement for the show, but we do need to get it back to a point of, I think the reality show viewer needs to be like, not worried that who, who which amongst these ladies are going to be in jail by the end of the season. Right. Because that's also not good for the longevity of the show. If we're putting <laughs> everyone away 
Who's going to be left? <laughs> um, so you also interviewed Kate Chastain recently because they now have couch talk with Captain Lee, which I'm like, I'm down. Kate Chastain is hysterical. I think she's like wildly funny. And I'm always down to hear her takes on Bravo. Um, what was her experience interviewing her this time? Because she's now a new mom. Yeah. So I just love that she will forever be in the Bravo sphere. Like she's been off below deck now, something like four years, maybe. Um, and she has remained a full on Bravo celebrity. So she came back and did a project runway guest judging stint. And then they announced couch talk. I think Kate is like the perfect mix of she's been in the bravo machine she understands what it means to be a bravo celebrity but then she's also a huge fan of the network and the programming so she can speak really uniquely to the whole thing i think it's funny to watch her and captain lee because you know captain lee was not watching all these shows though kate told me he was a huge fan of don't be tardy which i found surprising <laughs> um now is the time for my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsor. And once again, we are sponsored by our friends over at Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Now, if you listen to the show, I've talked about this before, but we are unfortunately nearing the end of summer. Things are going to get crazier. You got to take care of what you eat. You need things that are good, things that are healthy, and things that are easy to prepare so you're not running around. And then if you're not doing that, you're spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars ordering in crap that's not good for you. Factor is not like that. So with this busy fall season, you got to look for those wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. And that's where Factor comes in. It can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time, you're going to eat well, and you're going to stay on track with that healthy lifestyle. I've had this so many times now. I've had it a lot over at my parents and we all love it. And it is so, it's like, it is delicious. It is less than two minutes. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but it is not. Two minutes, delicious. It is filling. It is more filling than you would think it would be because believe me, I'm always like, I want, I want quantity over quality and it is all of that. So uh, everybody's going to be busy with the summer ending and you want to skip that extra trip to the grocery store and all the chopping, prepping, the cleaning up, but you still want to get that flavor and the nutritional quality you need. So factors, fresh, never frozen meals are like I said, ready in just two minutes and you can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Cause you can choose from 34 plus weekly flavored plaque flavor packed dietitian approved meals. Um, you can also level up with gourmet plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. You can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. And if you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go, which are effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls, salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go that do not require a microwave at all. Um, Looking for the calorie conscious options ahead of the busy season, you can try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Now, if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best, try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. 
Also, you can round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, their bacon and cheddar egg bites, their potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet, or for an easy wellness boost, try their refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. So with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions. They source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. And they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this August and moving onwards, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So here we go. Head to factormeals.com slash so bad five zero, so bad fifty, and use that code so bad fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code so bad fifty at factor meals. That's F A C T O R M E A L S dot com slash so bad fifty to get 50% off. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like one. 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, back for the remaining portion of our show. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I love Kate, and I think she's hilarious, and her being a mom. And I think what Bravo needs to do is come up with a Kate and Sullivan mom and son show for us to watch. I do love the people. I love the fact that sometimes Bravo will take a liking to certain people and keep them in the fold. I like that. Like they're like, she can't work on a boat, but like, what else can we do with her? I like that kind of dynamic. Um, also uh, below deck down under you guys, I keep talking about what I think is just such a really great season on top of a great show with Asia and captain Jason. And you would talk to captain Jason, but it was before these episodes came out uh, last week, which dealt with some really intense issues. And I thought what a, what a, what a way to show that production really does step in right when they need to. And Asia and Jason did the right things. Yeah. I thought the timing of that was kind of wild that you could not have planned 
the airing yeah. of those episodes with the conversation happening culturally around this kind of show. Um, but I think it was a perfect example of like, here is how production protects talent without interfering in the kind of documentary aspects Story, of these yeah. shows. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of this went to court that I'm sure Bravo would pull that footage out to yeah, explain it, and show what, how they protect their t- casts. No, it made me proud. To, I was like, okay, good. See, there are things in place. Like we do like people learn people like this is how we do protect these people. So overall there is this hand that will jump in when it is needed. And I thought that was fascinating, um, which I was really curious to get some of the cast I would love if they could come back and do an interview with you again after this moment, because you got to interview them beforehand before any of this stuff came out initially. And this is the stuff I wish was highlighted. Yeah. I I think you'll get your wish granted at some point. Okay, good, (laughs) good, good, good. Um, Are you going to do BravoCon this year? Yeah, of course. Okay, good, good. I mean, that's like a who's who of every, like you probably, your head is spinning during that time. It's too much. to me, it's like the most fun because it's just your brain is like on all day. The way my BravoCon is not the BravoCon that all of you get to experience. I'm like in a room huddled away somewhere for 12 hours talking to people. Um, but it's like it's a nonstop carousel of just Bravo talent coming through. And you can ask them anything you you can think <laughs> of it within, within like a two minute you know time frame. And so... It's just, it's nice to also, so many new Bravo celebrities started during the pandemic when everything was virtual and so nice to get FaceTime with people and actually have human interaction and not just through a screen interaction. Yeah, what, what are you talking about, Bryce? This is all screen <laughs> Um, When's the last time you've been starstruck? Doesn't have to be with a Bravo celebrity. It could be with anybody. Oh. I don't have an answer for that one. I, w- I would be starstruck for people like Oprah. Yeah. But I I don't know. When someone is standing right in front of you, you're like, oh, you're a human. Your clothes are wrinkled. I can see a pimple on your face. You had an onion bagel for breakfast. Like you can, it like uh, the walls can come down. So maybe I'm just jaded for being in this job for so long that it's, it's commonplace for me. And I do sometimes have to pull back and remind myself, like, what would like 18 year old you think of what you're going to do? <laughs> like, I remember last summer, my boss was like, Hey, are you in the office today? And I was like, no, I had to stay home. Cause it's the only way I could work out walking my dogs before I had to go to Kathy Hilton's house. And she was like, imagine going back and telling like first year <laughs> journalism school, you that sentence. Yeah. And I was like, this is great perspective. Yeah, that's you got to screenshot that and like frame that. That is like such a <laughs> gonna go eat caviar and baked potatoes with Kathy Hilton. Um, <laughs> well, coming off of Beverly Hills, by the way, as we start uh, winding down here a little bit, Beverly Hills is already firing on all cylinders, even way before we even have a trailer or release, because now they are doing the scandal. It's the same production company as Vanderpump, you guys, Evolution Media. They picked back up cameras for whatever the Kyle of all the Kyle and Mauricio, <laughs> you know, like have, have, have we gotten interviews with Kyle or, or Mauricio or anybody yet? And mm. looking forward to that, are you, are I you will, already planned? 
I will be very excited to touch base with Kyle whenever that happens. I don't think this is going to be Scandival. I do think it was kind of like it became such a media story that they wanted to capture that. But yeah. I, from what I've heard, this is kind of something that unfolds over the course of the season um, and is explored slash maybe not explored to all the women's liking within the events of the season. I did just sit down with Erica at her uh, Better It All on Blonde rehearsal. So that will be coming out. You've next seen week. some of the rehearsal then. I have seen it. And you guys, she's putting on a in show. She oh. is coming through and proving people that there's something there. So she, you actually got to go see her do a rehearsal and then talk to her afterwards. Yes. I haven't seen like the full, whatever it's going to yeah. look like at the house of blues. It's like a, ba- a black box kind of a dance studio thing, but there was a version of her stage there. There her dancers, backup singers. She's pulling out all the songs, you know, she's singing live. <laughs> it's- wait, wait, Bryce. She's singing live. Yes. The mic was on, Ryan. The mic was on. Wow. That's actually, now that uh, to me, I would think she would totally use a backing track, but that's huge to me. The mic was on. What a season for Rinna to not be here for. I mean, like you could have had Rinna championing uh, Erica, but you could have also had Rinna trying to get to the bottom of whatever Kyle and Mauricio is, uh, are going through. I'm very interested to see what the dynamics are like without Lisa, because I think Lisa was a very good housewife for a very long time. I think that last season she got a little lost in the sauce of what it meant to be. Like she could not pull herself out of it. Yeah. She was lost in Harry's sauce. Like she could not. (laughs) I I think she was just (laughs) Lisa. As long as we've known Lisa on the show, when she has made up her mind about something, she's like set on that is like this is the truth I need to expose and kind of like Bethany. And it was kind of just like, you could have let this mouse go, but we didn't. And it ultimately was the reason for being put on pause. Yeah. Um, But I'm interested what the dynamics are like, because that was Erica's closest confidant in the group. I think people forget. I had forgotten. Erica only joined the show a season after Rinna. It feels like there was a whole version of the show with Rinna like a whole era that was Rinna's era, but Erica came in one year after Rinna and Eileen joined. Um, there seemed, I'm interested to see if there's been changes in Dorit and Kyle's dynamic. Cause they seem to be hanging around each other less, or at least posting together less this new woman and Marie, there's been so much discussion of like what her beliefs and values oh, are. Yeah, and, the new she, cast member. and she, started filming a while after the rest of them had started. So I'm also interested to see how they bring her in and insert her into the group. The fact that Kim Richards is back in filming. We have uh, Cynthia Bailey making appearances. We have, uh, Denise, Denise, Denise Richards Denise, and, and, but and Aaron, we have Aaron, her husband. I saw him at a couple of events. Wow. Aaron in those machines. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what he has to say about 5G. It'll, it's going to be really, <laughs> I mean, so that's something to look forward to. And then Vanderpump is now franchising everywhere because we have the announcement of Peacock's Vanderpump Valley or some sort of announcement where they're filming now with Jax, Dodie, Brittany, and those people. Um, you know, are you are you going to be going to Jax's saloon that he just announced? I did put in a request to get a tour of it whenever it is fully decked out and uh. designed. Um, but yeah, that it, it's, it, 
I don't, I don't know if people, I lived in Studio City for years. So it's location is interesting to me because it's truly next to the one like sports bar on the Rocco's, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's right there. But I guess maybe that is good for business. It's like if Rocco's is really busy one day, then like the overflow can just head into Jax's. But Jax's, we'll see. This was his dream. We can finally get our mouths on <laughs> the beer cheese. That I was like, this is coming out and it's not great. Um, I'm interested to see whatever that spinoff show is like and what the dynamics and energy are. And I still, I would have liked to have seen Stassi back on the show because I do think she was always the nucleus on which everything kind of existed around yeah that was her actual personality was that people were always around her trying to make her happy or fight with her yes (laughs) so i i know very little about that show other than kind of the details that are publicly out there but i'm interested to see i do think it's interesting to like try and capitalize on this moment and make the most of it well, isn't it? I always tell the audience is like, what a difference a year makes. You know, you think about like somebody like using Jax or Brittany or Dodie. It's like a year ago, they could not have conceived to be where they are now or to actually start collecting paychecks again from potentially this Vanderpump universe. And all it took was just one wild, horrible judgment call by two people for all of this to swing wildly back their way. Well, even Vanderpump rules the OG show. I think people had started to write that off as the show's it's lived its life like it doesn't work anymore um i do think last season proved that like it's no longer a show about people working at sir which is i think the, the concept they held on to for yeah, so yeah. long yeah. um and so what being free of that i think also really opens up what that show can be even scandal removed that was i think the thing that was kind of holding it back well, there's so much, not just Jax's Saloon, but now you have pretty soon within the next month, I think something about her is going to be opening, which I can already, I'm already listening to your interview in my head right now, what that's <laughs> going to be about. And then you got pump closed during this season that you're going to see on season 11. And the pump sign now went up next to Tom Tom. It's like yes. one, it's one big juggernaut of a restaurant, like pump and Tom Tom signs within two feet of each other on, on, <laughs> I mean, that's Santa Monica great. Boulevard. Yeah, that's um, so Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, I do think people thought like, oh, she's turning the garden part of Tom Tom or the restaurant part of Tom Tom into pump. I think it's just like we have this sign. It's kind of iconic. <laughs> and we're going to introduce some of the like pump touchstones to Tom Tom, like with bringing the brunch there. So I don't I don't think it's like we're rebranding Tom Tom as pump. I truly think it was just we have these giant letters that were on the corner of Santa Monica Boulevard for a decade that people recognize. Let's move them down the block. I was like, this is a tax shelter. This is got this is like she's hiding money. So no. Um uh and lastly, the the person that heads all of this up, or like I guess the figurehead around Bravo is still Andy Cohen. And I was just listening to his audiobook, The Daddy Diaries, and I just it's exhausting. His life is truly exhausting. He seems like he really enjoys everything, but to me, I was listening to it. I'm like, damn, he does way more in a day than I ever would. But I just always think about like what this dude, I mean, and I'm not. I don't feel bad for him at all, but what this dude has to go through on a daily basis with so many huge personalities, something that he has brought this concept of real housewives that got so successful, but on a day-to-day basis, what this guy truly, I mean, I'm truly wondering what goes through his mind now of creating this whole genre. 
I can only imagine. I do think probably the tougher part for him is everyone blaming him for everything the network does when he has not had a position at the network, I think for almost 10 years now. People forget that. He's like, he has nothing to do with what is on the air at Bravo. He oversees as an executive producer. I don't even know. Oversees probably isn't even the right word. He contributes as an executive producer to the Real Housewives. And that is, and Watch What Happens Live. And that is it. Vanderpump Rules, Below Deck, Southern Charm, Married to Medicine, all these other shows, he has no say in them. So when I always see people tagging him and being like, we hate this, it's like- Do better, do better. He has nothing to do with any of it. I do think he has something to do with like the success of the network and building up the brand as it's known. But he, I- I think when I interviewed him at BravoCon last year, I asked him, like, does it frustrate you that everyone, because you are the face of the network, you then become the spokesperson for all things the network does? And he's like, it's kind of, it's not the worst cross to bear. Like, if that is his lot in life, so be it. But I that do think- That was last people, year, Bryce. That was last year. Yes, Ask him again I, this year at BravoCon. Yeah. I will. I do think people need to take that into account of, like- you can come to him with problems with housewives, but that is kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it, just listening to this book. He was talking about the day he got that. Um, he got the lawsuit from Nini and like what he woke up to that. And he was like, damn, like I always like Nini just truly has always been a legend. And we did this together. Like it was interesting to hear his thoughts and then have to like, be like, okay, but I have to think of this from all angles. And then also hearing him, like he was the one that pitched that idea of splitting Roni legacy, which is now girls trip. And then Roni, the new cast. And it was fascinating to hear. He's like, he had to pitch the network, these ideas. Right. That's the other thing is while he has a say in thing, all things housewives, he's not the only person making decisions there are teams of dozens of people behind the creative behind these shows and so it's like he gets it's it's like voting probably you know it's like he gets to yay or nay ideas or come to the table with ideas for others to yay or nay but he's not just coming in and being like and here's the cast for next season and here are the trips are going to go on and here's how we're going to fire this person like but people think he does that but I mean, yeah, like you said, there's there's worse things to be. I mean, what an amazing thing. And Bryce, you are amazing at this. You are truly somebody that I think is integral in all of this Housewives and Bravo stuff. I don't foresee a world in Bravo without you in it. So wow. what else is coming? Like, no, for real. Like, I mean, I truly, I only try to ask you to come on this show like once or twice a year because I know, you know, I, I truly respect everything that you do. But what what's going on the rest of the week for you? Like, well, how do you, what, how do you prepare? What do you, what do you got the, going the rest oh. of the week job wise? I think I'm done with shoots for the week. <laughs> but, um, we've got we've got an Uba chat coming your way. Uba we've, hot. We've got an Erica Jane chat coming your way. There will be Salt Lake City stuff. There will be Southern Charm stuff. Hopefully, a something about her something. Like it'll the the train will keep going. Uh, the content never will stops keep coming. Um, yeah, so I, okay. I, I don't know what to plug in this moment because I don't know when those things I shot. Uh, no, will I'm, air. Just plug, I'm just plugging <laughs> you, so you can find out all of this stuff at Bryce Sander on Instagram. I put that as always. It also gives you a link that takes you to the Entertainment Tonight website, and Entertainment Tonight has stepped up its game on all reality 
not just shows, but just like pop culture in general, like their tweets of this, like there's so much good stuff coming out of there that I do get a lot of my news now from entertainment tonight on Twitter on just breaking news and things like that. So it is well worth, I guess, no, you got to follow them on X or Instagram or whatever it is. (laughs) Well, I'll pass along that uh, feedback to our social team. They will be happy to hear that. Uh, But thanks so much for your time. Once again, Bryce, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And truly, you can do it more than once or twice a year. Okay. You heard it, Sandra. Let's hit him up every month. Okay. Betches.